Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our second part of our interview with Sandy Cooper. We're um, still in the middle of our series called The Middle. Look at that. Uh, (laughs) um, Our series is called The Middle, and we're talking about the middle when it comes to finding balance in our lives. And um, we hope you enjoy the first part of Sandy's um, interview, and we're excited about the second part. And we're right in the middle of us just totally opening our hearts and putting them out on the table about social media and how we compare ourselves to others. And now we get to hear what Sandy thinks about this as someone who's a little bit further down the road in ministry than us. It is neat to hear what she has to say in the areas she struggled in. Yes. So we love it. And yeah, I think this applies to everybody right now. So agreed. Good stuff. Listen in. So my first instinct is like, well, I just need to ignore all of that. Like, I don't need to be friends with those people. I don't yeah. need to be on social media paying attention to them. But that just like, that's just a band-aid. Yeah. Like, that's just a band-aid for my issue and my sin. Like, what I need to do is rip the band-aid off. And um, gratitude, yes. But like, praising other people. Like, mm-hmm. instead of internally being like, man, why, why did she get that book deal and I didn't? Or whatever it is. I'm being super vulnerable right now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I, instead, I should be, should be praising them and telling them how proud I am because what they are doing is good work. And, and not let the pride eat me away from like celebrating those moments with my friends. Yes. And then out of that, like hopefully God can use that and the, the spirit can use that in my life to make me more grateful for where he has me right now in this directory he has me on so that hopefully I can get out of the trap. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of like when you're having issues in a relationship or you're like your heart is just really hard towards someone you're supposed to pray for them. And it's like the last thing you want to do because you're just like, but they suck. I don't want to pray for them, but then you do. <laughs> um, but it's sort of the same thing. Like if you find your heart in that really hard place where you just like, can't be happy. Like sometimes like if I'm in that place and I'm just grumpy, I will like, make myself go on to everything that's triggering me and write a nice comment on all of them. Mm. And I just, I get, and it's like, once I do it, so sorry that there you go. Vulnerability. All my friends are like, Oh, that's why you told me. I look If it triggered me, they must. Right. Um, <laughs> but right. not that really, it's almost like the virtual way of praying for someone you're mad at, because as you do yeah. it, it's sometimes you have to lead your thoughts with your actions. And so it's just an action of like, you know what? I'm at least going to like that. Or instead of like puffing and going away and being like, they didn't invite me and they all went together. You're like, man, like y'all look cute. Have fun or whatever. So I think sometimes we can do actions that push us toward that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and both of those examples are so, I think they're so common for most women. Yeah. Um, I know even with the, the struggling with, other people excelling in ministry. I share a a story in the book where um, I had been looking for a conference to go to. I wanted a women's ministry conference. I had little kids at home. Um, I wanted something that would refresh me. And, and I got on and started, I found a conference I thought that would be a perfect fit. And I started reading through the bios of the speakers and they were all so accomplished. Like 
they had all traveled the world and they had all several, you know, published books and they were speaking everywhere and they, uh, they were growing, you know, vegetables and, 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 and I don't know, giving poor children shoes. And I mean, it just seemed like they were doing like all these things. And, you know, I just felt like I couldn't even keep my house picked up. And I just felt like, and I, rather than celebrating what it, and, and going and receiving from these women, just like letting myself, humbling myself mm-hmm. to receive from them and celebrating, I, I felt terrible about myself. I, you know, shuffled away in my house coat and my fuzzy slippers and, and just like, oh, I just stink. And, you know, and, and what I really feel like, again, you know, coming back to the priorities thing. Yeah. If I would have been secure in where God had me right then, God didn't have me growing vegetables and feeding poor children and, and, you know, speaking, doing the travel, world traveling, speaking circuit and publishing books. I had just brought my youngest home from a foreign country and was trying to integrate her into our family. That was my priority. Yeah. And if I could have just been secure in that, yeah. knowing that this is where God, God has me right now and learn to live that priority with confidence and yeah. freedom, then I could have gone to that conference and, and not struggled in that comparison trap mm-hmm. at all. So, you know, it, it really is possible to stay on top of it. I don't, I feel like it's like a garden though with weeds that you, you know, you can't just, it's not a one and done thing. You can't just go out weeding and expect never to see them come up again because you know, the enemy is going to, if he knows this is an issue for you, me, (laughs) us, that he will make sure that there's always someone parading in front of us that has Mm -hmm. the thing that we wish we had. That is such a good word. Um, Just for me personally, (laughs) I I leave from a week from today for a very large women's conference. And that is such a, um, this is my second year to go. And when I went last year, I, there was a lot of, I'm just going to go back to my hotel room. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I don't yep. fit here. And instead, I could have been sitting there receiving from women who could, and I did. There was a lot of receiving, and I learned a lot. So I'm not saying that I completely just hold up in my hotel room and felt sorry for myself. But I, that is such a good word um, in mm-hmm. all areas, not just in this um, extreme example here for me. But it's it's just, I just wanted to share that was a good word for me for a week from now. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yay. Good. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so um, this hits home for me, the people-pleasing aspect of this. And mm-hmm. um, it was funny because Rebecca um, wrote these questions. Rebecca Cochran wrote these questions, and she taught, She says, many of us become people-pleasers out of a genuine desire to be servant-minded. And I just want to add a side note, that's not why I'm a people-pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> that may be why she's a people-pleaser. I'm a people-pleaser because I, I want that, people to I like think- I think Sandy wrote that. Okay, Sandy yeah. wrote that? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay, so yes. somebody said that. I just wanted to, like, put out there that That'd that's not yeah. why I'm a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser because I want people to like me. But, that's right. But um, not because yes. I feel servant-minded. I wish that was a more genuine reason for um, me being a people pleaser. But uh, people have different reasons why they're people pleasers. So how... Um, so we have healthy intentions, like mm-hmm. the healthy intention of being servant minded, or, I mean, I want, I, I want to love people. And I want people to love me. There's nothing wrong with that. So no. what, how do we move from, from that? Like how, how, how do we get misguided in the area in that area? What do we do about it? Sure. Well, well, first of all, again, you know, when 
of all the of all the barriers that I talk about in the book, I talk about four barriers to balance. Um, I I am a personally recovering every one of those. So I am a recovering people pleaser. I am a recovering perfectionist. I am a recovering busy person. I am a recovering. Um, what's the other one? Perfect? Did I say perfectionist? What there's four comparison. Yes, comparison was yes. the other one. Yeah. So I I am I struggle so much with all of those things. Um, so I. I just want you to know, I like relate when, um, when you talk about your desires to want people to like you, that's why Um, we trust you to talk about this. We don't want to hear from anyone who doesn't struggle with it. Yeah. Right. It's like, but yeah, if if they don't struggle, then they don't really understand. Um, and yeah, so anyways, I, I thank you. Um, but so from the outside a people pleaser and, and a servant of Christ, so like someone who is truly freely serving God versus a people pleaser, they, they can be doing the exact same thing and they look identical from the outside. So people who see you, Rebecca, probably don't know your true intention is just to get people to, you know, like, I'm praying that that's not always the case. I'm just, I was being very vulnerable and saying that oftentimes that's why my people pleaser. And she's being hard on herself. She's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and I will say that you, you actually answered the question because, um, people pleasing, while it looks the same as servanthood on the outside, the intention is, is different. So a people pleaser says, I'm nice to you. So you will like me yes. where a servant of God says, I am nice to you because I love you. Yeah. Mm. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. So, so the, the people pleaser has selfish motives, yes. which is sin. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, the, the servant of God has others centered motives. Yes. So the people pleaser then is the one who feels trapped because mm. the, you know, that, that person is a slave to other people and their opinion yeah. and, and therefore says, Yes, to a lot of things that she mm-hmm. has no business doing, mm-hmm. which which then contributes to being overly busy and overwhelmed and confused, which throws her off balance. That's yes. how this is related to balance. Yes. Um, where a servant of God can say yes to those exact same things, but but she is not a slave to anything because mm-hmm. she's just being obedient to God. She is operating in freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's doing it from love for God and love for people, which then gives her, she can be just as busy, but she is the balanced one. So yeah. see, it's not even just a, uh, it's not, I mean, if you can just change your mindset to do the things you do from a position of love for God and obedience to his word to love people, yeah. then then all of a sudden the overwhelm leaves because you think, yes. you know what? God's got this. Like if he's calling me to do this thing for this person, all of a sudden it's not like, Oh, I can't yeah. believe I have to do this thing. Yeah. And you feel so you start to feel resentful. I mean, when I was a people pleaser, like when I was in the trenches of people pleasing, I said yes to things mm-hmm. that, I didn't want to say yes to it all. And I, yeah. I was always frustrated and angry yeah. and, and, and then I would start, I wasn't loving those people at all. I was mad at them for yes. even asking me, like, how yes. dare you ask me and put pressure on me? Yes. And then I, you know, so when, 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 when you can just shift that mindset to love God and obey him and therefore love the people around you, sometimes 
the best way to love someone is to tell them no, to yeah. set up a boundary and say, I can't do that. Yeah. And so we, in, there are two chapters for each of those barriers in the book, but in, in the people pleasing one, I mean, there are some extremely practical things that you can do to just shift your mindset to say, you know what? Not everyone needs to like me. Not everyone loved Jesus. Like they, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and we actually look at those scriptures because I think it's really important for people pleasers to understand because I, I think people pleasers get, as I, I did, got very confused at what was loving and what was not loving because, okay, I want to love the people, but then I still feel like I have to say yes. And I think learning to say no is just such an important life skill for people pleasers. And I think that's like where it, you know how we talk about emotions are, um, they're like little, uh, what's the word? They tell us what's going on inside of us. I think when resentment yeah. pops up, I think a lot of us are quick to be mad at the resentment or be like, I don't want to be resentful, but it's always, for me, that's always a like a clue. Like, Oh yeah, I must feel like I have to do, or I must feel like an obligation to do this. Um, but I, I liked, and I wanted to say too, a lot of times, like when I hear about people pleasers, a lot of times I don't think I'm one. You know, because there's a very specific picture people get of what does a people pleaser look like. But I just wanted to say, I mean, I think you can be a people pleaser if you care too much even about what people think of you indirectly. Yeah. Like, so it's not just like doing favors for people or like Mm -hmm. making an extra pie for the bake sale or whatever. It can be very like sneaky. And a lot of it can be like, oh, I didn't get a lot of likes on Instagram. People must not like. Like yeah. what I posted, I don't, I'm just, I've heard that. I don't know. If that's <laughs> you never do that. I never do that. But so just like a little disclaimer that, you know, it, it, you might be like, oh, I'm not really a people pleaser. But if we're, if we're trying to serve people to get their approval in some way, then yeah. we are. Oh, that's, that yes. looks different for different people. And that's, and that's more of my trap. Yeah. Like, because I, I'm pretty good about saying no to things actual like physical things I don't want to do like if I don't Mm want to do that thing on the PTA I'm pretty good at saying I don't want to do that thing on the PTA my people pleasing comes in more of I want approval and so I want to I want to present this picture of myself in such a way that I get their approval and instead of I want to say this thing on social media or write this thing because it's what God's calling me to write and I and and I'm I'm recovering in this area and I and I do okay sometimes but like I can catch myself and that sometimes I'm writing and saying and doing things because I want people to like me mm-hmm. and that instead of I'm saying and doing and writing these things because God is calling me to these things um, and 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 if I would do it for the latter reason then I wouldn't feel stressed and overwhelmed and fearful um, yes. I feel like I'm just living out the calling he's given me whether one person likes it or a hundred people like it. Right. So, yes. Well, and that's, you know, I, I think you and I are a lot alike because that, I, that's just like the second thing you've said. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when I, I think at my worst people pleasing, it was, it was, um, wanting to gain the approval of the spiritual authority around me. Yes, I wanted sure. them to think I was spiritual. Yes, and yeah. so I didn't want to say no to them if my saying yes would make them think that I was obedient 100%. to God yes. <laughs> and, yes. and that, um, and that the things that I said yes to and the way that I portrayed myself, um, if I came across as spiritually competent and, yeah. you know, spiritually, uh, scripturally sound and, you know, but I wanted to be 
just present myself in that way. And so I would craft my whole life around yes. projecting that image for those people. Yes. And that is complete bondage. Like yes. that is for so sure. the opposite of balance. <laughs> that's like the, that. And so, yeah, there, but there is a way, you know, weirdly, ironically, that when you again, come back to, okay, God, what are my priorities? How, how am I living those out? And do I have, Am I operating in the gifts and talents that you've given me? When you get down to the basic thing of loving God and loving the people around you, the the respect that you were looking for all along just naturally comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, you, but then you have peace and you have freedom yeah. in that journey. You're not even striving for it. Yeah. And, and then when people don't approve of you, you don't really care anymore. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's sure. a lack of um, concern for it. I mean, I think people always care. I want, I care what my husband and my kids and my pastor thinks of me. You know what I mean? Like I care yeah. about that, but, but I care because I love them and I love God and I want to be, I want, I want God I want my life to reflect the image of Christ. That's yeah. a whole different thing yeah. than caring because I want their approval of me. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of our cycle of grace episode where we talked about how if you're starting from a place of love and acceptance and then you move into being fruitful, by the time you get fruitful, it's kind of like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, like it's not this driving thing. Whereas if you're starting from a place of like trying to be fruitful to earn the acceptance and to earn the love, which is what people pleasing is then, you know, it makes or breaks you if you get it or don't get it. But if you're starting from the place of knowing you're loved by God, and then it's just sort of like a nice little cherry on top, but it's not going to like ruin your whole day. Get it cherry fruit. Yeah. Yeah. The fruit. Cherry fruit. I love love it. Nice metaphor. (laughs) Cherry fruit. Well done. (laughs) So good. Uh, Oh, man. Well, this has been really good. I mean, is there... um, I, there's a lot of practical information in the book um, on on practical ways to achieve balance. So before yes. we like wrap up, like what are just you don't have to do, say every single one of the book because we want people to buy your book. So, sure. Uh, sure. but like just a few like practical tips that we can like end on application of ways to achieve balance. Sure. Um, well, I would say, um, and I, we've touched on this several times, but I think make make getting to know Jesus your absolute top priority because God was, Jesus was very clear in scripture, what our priorities should be. Mm-hmm. Love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and out of this flow, all the law and the prophets hang on all of these things. Right. Yeah. And so when we focus on loving God and loving people, balance just naturally flows from that. Yes. Um, so I would say, you know, that's a, that's a really big picture thing. It's not, it's not probably as practical as what um, you might think, but I also think, um, and we talked, touched on this a little bit. I think one of the most essential life skills for women to achieve and maintain balance is learning to say no confidently to the things that they're not supposed to be doing, whether, whether now or, or ever. Um, I think that a lot of women just really struggle with, learning to say no. Um, and, and, and this is going to be super hyper practical, but again, picking on social media, but I, I think for today's woman, um, 
a very practical thing is to um, really reevaluate her relationship with her phone. <laughs> um, I think I think women learning to just set down their devices because uh, the distraction of all of that is so it pulls on us so much more than what we realize. Um, I, I think, you know, again, that's big picture, smaller picture, teeny tiny picture mm-hmm. um, on a day to day, just trying to set that aside so that you can hear what God is saying for you to do right now. Yeah. And, and, and then walk out whatever God's telling you to do, but you can't do that unless you have a relationship with him. It's hard for me to uh, talk about balance again, apart from Jesus. So yeah. Yeah. Focus on that and everything else really does fall into place. Yeah. I, I think that I think because our first instinct is, or at least for me is I'm going to find balance. That means I'm going to say no to everything. And I, that's not what you're calling us to. You're saying when to say yet the right things to say yes to and what we're not. And those no things may not even be bad things. They may be great things. They're just not what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that, but we can't know what we're called to do unless we're undistractedly mm-hmm. going to yeah. God and asking him what we're supposed to be doing. So then yes. we don't know what to say yes and no to. And so I think that, I think that's, um, the, I think that that funnel of, you know, starting mm-hmm. wide and going more narrow is, is, is a good way to do it. Um, yeah, I yeah. I, I think that we, yeah, we just have, we have to know what to say yes and no to. And, um, and I, I think that sometimes my, the pendulum, um, effect of like, well, I should just say no to everything right now and then I'll have feel balance and then I can start saying yes to things again. And maybe that is the way some people have to do it. But I, for me, that's just not practical for me. I'm a doer. I, if I said no to everything and didn't have anything to do, I actually would fill in bondage as well. (laughs) You know, you know, so very important thing because I think when a lot of people are, you know, I think simplicity is a very important thing that it is very trendy to talk about simplicity right now. Of course. Um, And, you know, minimalism and all that. And I like aspects, aspects of that also, but when God has called, when, when he has something for you to do, sometimes your schedule is just very full. Yeah. And, and I think that's gotten a real bad rap. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think busyness can be bondage. And so the key, as you stated, is, you know, and I have to do this. It's almost every single day. I have to sit down with God, my Bible, my journal, and I actually have to sometimes write everything out and say, this is everything I have right now, God. What, it feels like too much. Like, is there something I'm missing? Should I be taking something off here? Because it does feel like a lot. Or sometimes I'm just doing the right things, but I'm doing them, you know, too much or too long. Yeah. You know, just and God needs for me to maybe keep my house orderly, but He doesn't need me to be scrubbing my baseboards with a toothbrush, for example. Not that I do that. Yes. I really don't do that. I might have, have done that. It's fine. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe He does call you that, but th- then it's important for you to know that. Yeah. So exactly. that yeah. So it, that you yeah. you know what to say yes and no to, and you know how long to spend on things. Yeah. So yeah, I I think I think that you know you, you mentioned that we were in the Hope Writers group together. Yeah. Um, that is a that's a perfect example for me where I have to constantly reevaluate what my priorities are mm-hmm. because yes. in that group there are so many people doing so many different things and they are all really cool things yes. for writers. Yes. And and if I don't enter that website that that Facebook group 
with a clear picture of what God has me yes. doing right now, chewy, mm-hmm. like I can go off on a bunny trail and mm-hmm. I can be following link after link after link. And I'm reading what everyone's doing. And I'm looking at her, you know, speaker page and her, her writer page and her lead magnet and her, and I'm looking and I'm like, whoa. And I think I have to do all those things. And completely then, agree. Yes. Yeah. And then I walk away at the end of the night and I'm crying because I'm like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. And then I, <laughs> God, and God says to me, did I tell you to do any of that? Yes. Like none of that was anything that I have given you to do right now. Yeah. And so I, for me, like I, I always, I struggle with that all the time to just keep coming back to what are my priorities right now? Yeah. And God you're the only one who can tell that to me. I've had to do that a lot with like filtering with the same example of you is, Mm -hmm. is, you know, filtering requests for like book launches and um, all of these things um, that are, you know, guest posting and all of those things. So I I totally agree with you. I have to do the exact same thing. I have to go into the, because those things are wonderful things. And there may be a door God is opening in one of those things for me. And I need to be mindful of that. And it also may be like, God's calling me to help somebody else. And I need to be mindful of that. But I have to, I can't do all the things and not all of the things fit into the, you know, into the vision of our podcast or the vision of my blog or like, um, and while all of those things are wonderful things, I, I have to go in with like, okay, God, this is the vision you've given us. I, I want to help others. I want to serve others. What what in here am I supposed to pay attention to and what am I not supposed to pay attention to? Because if I had paid attention to everything and did everything, like I wouldn't sleep and my kids wouldn't right. have a meal. Because <laughs> yeah. there's just right. so much, which is wonderful, but it's an inundation of information for sure. Well, yeah. and even things like your podcast would suffer. Like yes. that's something yeah. you know that God has called you to do or you wouldn't be prepared for the writer's conference you're supposed to go to. Yes. Or like you said, your children or you know your marriage or whatever. Like all of those things would suffer. And so, yeah. And then you, that's, that to me is the definition of being off balance is you are just giving too much time and attention to things that are not your priority right now. For sure. And I think it reminds me of something our pastor says, he always says like sin, a lot of times we think of it as this like really terrible thing, but a lot of times it's like 10 degrees off from your best. It's just a little, and that's what I just keep thinking of as we're talking about balance. It's like, it's not even cutting stuff out. It's like, how can I make small little adjustments to the way I do things that will give me more margin and more space and more energy to devote to other things. So it's, I just want to say that because I think we, I think what I tend to do is I hear balance and when I don't want to do the hard work, I make it complicated. So I'm like, well, I just Mm -hmm. don't understand balance. I need to like, you know, do more and like learn, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it really is simple. It's like, love Jesus. He's Mm -hmm. always the answer. And, you know, find resources to help you along the way. But like, I'm just, I'm saying this because I do it. Like, I think a lot of times we can make hard things complicated so that we can avoid them. And I don't think this is really as complicated as maybe we make it to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think that is an awesome way to end our our, our, our time together. Beautiful. So yes, it's great, Cindy. Thank you so thank so you. so much. And we will oh, sure. uh, for everybody listening, we will put a link to Sandy's website and a link to her um, into her book and a link um, to everything um, that we can have from her and her social media. So that will be in our show notes. So you can just click over okay. that. You don't have to go go find her. Well, we're making it easy for you, um, <laughs> like we always try to do. So yay, Sandy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.